ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oki Podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to Oki Podcast. I hope everybody's enjoying the show. On today's show, I have two very special guests, and I can't wait to dive in to just everything that they do, man. I'm excited that they're here, and we're going to just get into it. My guests are Wes Cunningham and Brittany Bendabout. Wes is the owner of One Trip Media Branding Agency, and Brittany is also a brand manager of One Trip Media, and she is the founder of Native Meetup. So these guys do a lot of really cool shit, and I mean, we're just going to, I'm going to learn more about them, and so are you. So I'm really excited for this episode. Hope you all enjoy it. So if both of y'all want to kind of give a backstory of yourselves to the listeners, um, whoever wants to go first. Don't hey, be no way at the same time, right? <laughs> no, um, my background is shoot, it's kind of all over. Uh, kind of jack of all trades, um, master of few. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to definitely say master of none, but uh, my background is just anything from fitness to sales to just like I've done a lot of things in um, trying to figure out my path has kind of led me on this entrepreneur lifestyle. It's I've always had a camera in my hand. Uh, my mother was always the family photographer, annoying everybody, making everybody get together during family get-togethers, and so I kind of come by that naturally. Uh, my grandfather owned a printing shop here in Tulsa um, on Brookside, a zebra print. Oh wow! And I was I was just a kid making deliveries with my grandmother and living in that you know print shop since they've had it, when they had it uh, until he retired, and so just kind of growing into that atmosphere. He was very artistic, and so I kind of just followed that. Uh, when I was doing the fitness stuff or fitness stuff and like following all these other random jobs that I had, I always kind of kept that camera in the background and just kept trying to be artistic by trying to be creative. And it just kind of led me to doing what I do now. Um, went for photography, videography. Now it's into the whole branding aspect of businesses and entrepreneurs from personal brands to professional brands. So, um, yeah, that keeps me pretty busy. Nice. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, Yep. Um, I don't think I can follow something as I had someone creative to look up to. I just remember being a kid and I always had like a a pen and a paper in my hand and I was drawing stuff and my parents thought it was really good, but it was probably complete garbage. They're obligated to say it's good and that I'm artistic and creative, but it was always just like I felt creative and I felt um, always sort of like a desire to be creative and like go after that lifestyle. So, um, about 15, I got my first camera. My mom bought me like a little Kodak point and shoot camera. And I thought the, the photos were so nice and clean and crisp, but I would just walk around with my friends in a field somewhere taking photos. So like, that's really when I started to develop uh, a style and a creative eye for things was just hanging out with my friends, shooting random objects, shooting each other, um, and then just kind of fell into that. So yeah, I've been doing that for almost 11 years now, which is crazy to think. And, um, I think now like there's still this push and the desire to be creative and kind of make my own, my own path, my own space. I working in the business world, I hated it. I always hated working for the man. So I'm kind of stepping into this entrepreneur lifestyle and I'm thankful for Wes cause he's kind of like, he's pushed me to that and, um, continue to like develop a style and hone in on my skills. So yeah, that's kind of my, my creative background. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. 
I hate working for the man too. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wanted to start this too. Man, I've had a lot of jobs where they're good jobs, but then your managers fucking suck mm-hmm. and you don't want to work there. Yeah. So, and then when you have like a really shitty job, everybody's really cool, but you're not making like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh man, it's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, for sure. If you're not like stable financially or emotionally or physically, there, you got to have all those three aspects to kind of support your mental health or happiness or any kind of future that you, you know, you can see like that pulls you to or inspires you. Right. Yeah. Cause if one of those three is off, it, it causes stress or aggravation or frustration in your life. And mm-hmm. so that's, you could have a really cool job, but a little less pay and you still struggle or a shitty yeah. job, decent pay and you're die you're dying inside mm-hmm. or you have all, you know, the t- other two and your freaking health is going down the hill, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, a man with his health has many dreams. A man without his health has only one dream to be healthy because mm-hmm. without your health, nothing else matters. Yeah. Wow. So, um, I kind of come from, my mother was a LPN uh, or is a LPN. She's a nurse and, uh, she's always, dr- you know, drilled down into me, like what health and fitness should be for me. And, you know, and plus being a native American, we see it as a rampant thing that it needs to improve on throughout the Indian communities and lives. And so that's kind of where I got my, also had a background in uh, fitness and teaching karate from teaching Taekwondo. Um, obviously I do jujitsu and I've been doing that 10 plus years, almost, almost 11 years, I think now. Damn. And so, uh, I started as a wrestler as a, you know, five-year-old. I was lucky enough. My brothers were, got into wrestling when they were about 14 Mm -hmm. or so. And so I was a little kid at that time. So I was naturally, I was able to, I was exposed to that and, my mother actually took me to a lot of the practices as a kid and stuff, and so I was super grateful. I hated practice at the time. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. I hated it. And as a kid, I hated to sweat. I hated the workouts, but I loved to play. Mm-hmm. And so she, would, I would always have to, you know, she would uh, reverse psychology me and get me to go and uh, go participate. And But I'm super grateful that she's done that because that gave me a lot of... Um, a lot of uh, what you would say, character development, and a lot of life skills that I've carried through with me throughout my entire life. Because when things get hard and you, you persevere and strive yeah, past work it, ethic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it gave me a lot of work ethic. It's powerful, Wes. It's really yeah, powerful. Not to <laughs> set the tone here. <laughs> Going deep, real quick. It's all good. I love that, man. Holy shit, I love that message. Um, well, before I forget. Um, Brittany, where are you from? Are I'm from you, Claremore. So you're from Claremore? Yeah, not too here? far from Tulsa. I went to a private school there. I graduated from college there. I'm in a master's program at Roger State University right now. So eight weeks, I'll I'll finish and be done with school forever. And I'm so happy about that. <laughs> well, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. Early congrats. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you're, you're, you've been from here, Wes? Yeah, I just say I'm from Oklahoma, basically, because I kind of moved all over <laughs> Oklahoma as a, throughout uh, childhood. I graduated from Wagner. Oh, really? And I moved to uh, Tulsa about 09, and oh. uh, I've stayed here ever since, man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. I've had family, I had family up here in Tulsa, too, so it kind of uh, motivated me to stay here. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's dive into One Trip Media. For sure. Yeah. How did that, uh, how did that get started? Like, what was... What was the idea of that at first? Man, so it started as Red Feather Images. I was just a photographer, just trying to make a living as a photographer. I wanted to make a living so bad as a photographer at that time. Like, I was applying to JCPenney's. I actually had an interview with uh, Babies R Us, and I was actually, the you know, that time I was I was about to work there. And But other things have came up, and I was able to take other opportunities. But 
um, I quickly realized like one trip media wasn't getting the job done. wasn't the entire package that we could, or that I could provide at that time. So I quickly, I had to rebrand and figure out like my path and figure out, uh, what, how to position myself to make money or to make a living at that. And so, but during that time I was so, I was looking for answers at all points in all directions. I was, cause I was teaching myself. I didn't go to school for any of this, uh, photography or branding or business, um, I went to the library and I found free, actually the, they had free resources there. Like they just, uh, remodeled it, I think. And they opened up, um, the creative center or something, something like that. Mm-hmm. The maker center or something is downtown, the downtown location. And I was going there every day after school or after work and just trying like, uh, I was shooting my own stuff whenever I could and try to shoot my own videos. Cause I was diversifying, diversifying as a photographer, coming out as a videographer and trying to learn new skills to help myself get more jobs, get more money. Um, and then I had to quickly had to learn how to do that stuff. So I'd take myself down to the library and use their computers because I didn't have a, I had a laptop that wasn't powerful enough to edit. Yeah. And, uh, man, so that's where I really got my honed in my skills and just stay consistent, stay consistent. And then it's kind of taken me like, chasing this entrepreneur lifestyle, this nomadic lifestyle. I've always wanted to live on the road and travel. And like, I got bit by the travel bug when, as, when I was young. And I just loved experiencing new locations, new people, and just seeing new areas, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of taken me all over the world and different places, going to different seminars and learning tricks uh, and tips and tricks of the trade and how to uh, be more efficient and think outside, be more creative with how you made money, right? As, as a real entrepreneur. And, uh, it's kind of taken me from LA to Bali and during this time, like rebranding it and trying to figure out what this message was. I came back, I had, like had, I had some meetings, everything scheduled with uh, potential clients. So I was, had a lot of motivation, a lot of momentum going forward. Mm-hmm. And I come back from Bali, I caught pneumonia and during this whole rebrand and like trying to figure a website out and what I was doing. And one after the other, these meetings failed and failed and failed. I was like, Oh <laughs> no. Like I'm at this, by this point I was like needing to pay bills and trying to do, make a living at this. Um, I was sitting there talking to actually George and he was in Italy, Italy at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, I need a name. I was, I, I didn't know who else to really talk to at the time. So I was talking to George about it and kind of trying to come up with a bunch of different things. And I wanted to break away from the, my indigenous side and just stand on my own two feet as a creative, as me, as personal, as me being individualized, I guess, you know, per se. And, uh, I was throwing a bunch of things against the wall, a bunch of, you know, just seeing what would stick. Finally, I threw, you know, I was like, man, I kept saying in my head while I was sick too, I was like, this one trip is going to ruin me. This one trip is going to mess everything up. And I kept saying that in my head. And I was like, wait, change the perspective of it. Like one trip is going to, you know, potentially change everything. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. So I was like, I text George. And I was like, yo, <laughs> what about one trip? He's like, okay. And I was like, I need to quit being a you know, bitch about it and say one trip media. Media encompasses a lot. Yeah. So I was like, what about one trip media? How's that sound? He's like, I like it. I was like, we're going with it. <laughs> and so from there, I had the name and I was like, all right, so now the time to figure out like what we're we really doing here and how and how we're going to stay afloat and what, what the message is. Um, and from there, it was like 2019, into 2019, life changes, moving house, you know, losing a girlfriend, going through that breakup and 
all of that made me really exfoliate who I was and, and really look down deep inside and like figure this message out. And from there, I started immediately building communities and like finding like little study groups to get in with because I didn't know it all. Mm-hmm. And I'll be the first one to tell you, like, I'm learning this as I go. But I was willing enough to go find that and say that, like, I, I can go find these people and find online mentors and find people that I could network with. People would give me books and stuff like that. That's one of the biggest things, too, is, like, I go to my mentors and be like, help me. <laughs> and they would be like, here's a book. I would read this book. And I was like, oh, that's not the answer I wanted. <laughs> you know, I, I want the answer. I, I need a lead. I need something to bring money in. Yeah. And the things they was doing for me, though, is, like, teaching me. And it was, like, changing my mindset of what it meant to make money and how to make money and be creative. Um, and from there, like I was during that time, uh, I didn't like, I wasn't smoking cannabis at all. Mm -hmm. I was about 20 something ish. I didn't smoke cannabis until I was 27. And from there, it just really opened my mind to the different perspectives of myself Mm -hmm. and what was around me. And also I was able to finally relax and like chill out for a bit and like, that's never been the I'm wired tight, like wound tight all the time. So that was really the first time I was able to like relax and be able to have a different perspective of life or in myself, you know, have grace for myself. Mm-hmm. Totally changed the perspective of everything, the landscape for me. And I knew from there on in, like, I was like, all right, cannabis will be the industry, the niche that I'll speak to. From there, like, I quickly figured out that the service game, like photography and videography, I didn't want to compete there anymore because everybody and their dog has a camera now. And so everybody's a content creator. Everybody can, you know, shoot photos and videos, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I didn't want to compete there because they'll, you know, compete at price. And then by that time, it's just a race to the bottom. Yeah. Um, so instead of that, I knew I wasn't going to try to compete there at price and like try to lower my price to compete with nobody. So I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to add more value. And I lucked out during this time and uh, a marketing agency hired me on and is basically doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And so I was like, yo, this is like college. It's like a paid scholarship. (laughs) Like I'm going to learn as I go and I'm going to keep hustling my side thing. And, um, they wanted me to come full time. And that's something I was like, I can't, I can't do that. I'm over here building something that I can't let go of, you know, I just gnawing at me to like keep pushing no matter what that perseverance that maybe is stubbornness. I don't know, but it just like, (laughs) go just keep going like just put your head down and work mm-hmm. and i've always had maybe that's that wrestling mentality is like i've always been able to outwork people and just grind that's that men, wrestler mentality just grind it out mm-hmm. and so that's where i thought about okay like but then as you learn you make all these you know failed attempts and you have a lot of failures and things that happen uh you, you quickly realize you gotta work smarter not harder yeah and 2020 man it really made me sit down and uh, hone in this message and figure out what we're doing here and why and build the systems and keep cultivating the communities that I was involved in. Mm-hmm. And I lucked out, you know, during this time, like when I was reaching out, finding these communities, whether it's photography, videographers, branding, it doesn't matter. Like they're all in their specific niche and they had these little communities that I could go find, whether mm-hmm. it's Facebook groups or like different social medias. Um, that's where I'm saying I would find that kind of stuff. And then from here, from there, I linked up with her through Instagram, just as a photographer, just like, Hey, you're a photographer. I'm looking for more photographers. Cause I quickly realized 
I couldn't do this on my own because I tried the whole freelancer thing and that was really just, it was hard. I took on a lot more at that time because I wanted to provide so much service and so much solutions to my client. I was like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Maybe I was hard for a sell, you know, but I was still saying yes to everything, which mm -hmm. I quickly realized you, that's not, that's a quick way to, you know, burning yourself out. Yeah. And I started really looking for other creatives to link up and network with and, uh, just help and then learn to like try to get them to help me on certain jobs. Mm -hmm. And I linked up with her through Instagram, just through her work and, and especially her being indigenous as well. Um, Brittany, if for people that can't, can't see, I kept saying her, I'm sorry, my bad. So, but I would link, I linked up with Brittany through Instagram as just admire of her work and just, you know, relating the, on that same, that same creative field. Um, and then I was always going to, you know, the coffee shops anyways, I don't drink coffee, but I love the vibe of coffee shops and I love to go work there. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, I ran into her at double shot and, um, from that, you know, just kind of picked her brain of where she's wanting to be and what she's wanted to do. And our paths aligned so like so much in the sense of creativeness and wanting that break away from that nine to five, wanting to, you know, really stand out on our own two feet and, you know, create our own path. Mm -hmm. So from there, um, you know, we started working together and started collaborating and that's kind of led us to what we're doing now is like, now we've stepped into this, this, what one trip media really is like, we, yes, we are creatives and yes, we are photographers, videographers, you know, we do graphic design. We do all the service stuff, the pretty aesthetics, mm -hmm. but we're more than that now because of our journey and our perseverance and like where we had to do with not only ourselves, but like what we've seen out in the world, like this gap, because, you know, going through different trials and tribulations, you know, we've had to do our own self-healing and self-work. And I started seeing a lot of things align when we started stepping into the branding that through therapy and uh, asking these, yourself these hard questions, I was like, wow, this is so powerful. And not only ourselves, but it could be powerful for business owners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I lucked out through these different communities of branding and uh, started really finiting down these questions and processes and how we build these systems to extract these certain uh, things and beliefs or thoughts, right? And how do we cultivate that into a message or a mission that somebody is worth listening to right how do you take that and uh you know turn that into visual aesthetics that's what we was really like started gravitating to because we understood both sides and as a, being creatives first so we knew how to make the the pretty pictures and aesthetics so now we was ready to connect you know how how do you connect these ideas how do you take these, extract these ideas from people in like communication and like, how do you, you know, how do you do that? So we become infatuated and passionate about that. And we really started collaborating and, you know, I was like, you know what, you know, one trip media is a branding agency. It's not a marketing agency. It's not any kind of production It's branding because that's, if you think about, you know, the, the, where the stream comes from, that's the, that's the beginning because everything comes after that. Yeah. You know, and like if you don't, you're kind of get started making all these pretty things, eventually you're going to burn out yeah. or you're going to run into uh run you put yourself into a corner, back yourself into a corner and like oh, like where do I go now? Yeah, you need a strong foundation. Yeah, you need yeah. a strong foundation and able to like really give yourself a roadmap, or if it will give yourself breadcrumbs or um an idea a clear, you know, direction. So that's one thing that we really like, okay, that, that's where we are. That's our differentiator. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to step in and really help certain, whether you're in the cannabis industry or just an entrepreneur, but you got to be able to be coachable. You got to be able to, you know, we see those trendsetters and we see those people that's willing to get out and be, you know, the pioneers either of their own lives or pioneers in their industry. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But if they're willing to step forward and like go out and break, you know, break through that wall, we're here to help, you know, and that's when things that it really fires us up to see people's passions mm-hmm. and then feel that passion, cultivate that passion. Like that's everything for us. Yeah. And so if people would love to get their passion from inside here and out inside here and, or, and pull it out, but they don't have the right words or the right like way. Cause there's so many different ways you can do some, you know, like perspective. If I was to tell you, think about the word strike, what do you think of? Fighting, right? MMA, right? Yeah. So then you can you got strike out, you got a strike mark, you got different strikes that mean different things. So then you start asking those strategic questions, like you know, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Ask these deeper questions. Then once you get all this jumbled out and all this brain dump from somebody, and then you decipher it and you break it down, you condense it. Mm-hmm. You start t- how how can you break this down to the simplest form to a one word or one sentence about you and your passion and what you do. It's like, that's the hard stuff. That's, that's when it gets really tedious. Yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. So long story, right? <laughs> I, was sitting, well, I was sitting here thinking of like, well, how do I do that with my passion? Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. sitting here like trying to. And that's just the thing. Yeah. Like when people do like, like it is hard, but you got to do the work. Like no matter if it's working on yourself to heal on whatever you're going through in life or your business, you have to sit down and do the work and really figure out, like mind the gaps and like, figure out like what's happening around you have that uh, not so much a uh, awareness but yeah self-awareness is helps but mm-hmm. having an awareness of what's going on in your industry or your in where you want to be and so there you can be like okay so if my competitors are doing this and my audience is here where's that gap at where can i feel where can i fit in mm-hmm. and then <laughs> the thing is you just got to have a differentiator you just got to be different stand out just as how do you do it differently because mm-hmm. everybody's out here doing something right yeah Yep. That's really inspiring, man. How you would go after work and then you would put in your own time to learn all of these things at the library and their free resources. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about this with somebody else. Like it sounds easy. Like that sounds really easy, but it's hard to make yourself get up it's after a day of working, mm-hmm. go there and do all this research yourself and learn how to do it and then start building on that yeah you know so i admire that about you man that's really fucking cool i appreciate it man you I, know? like i said i think that wrestling that uh really gave me a <laughs> lot of like this perseverance is drill through the wall like just mm-hmm. go through it no matter what yeah and just keep you know pick yourself up even when you don't want to i mean the same thing goes with fitness like just because we don't want to you still need to do it you know you still need to do something mm-hmm. move that inch or move that dial just by an inch or a little bit at a time you know s- slow progression is still progression yeah. You know, as long as you're moving that needle, moving, walking forward, like it, you're still doing something. And like, that's where, you know, I'm a perfectionist at heart and that's something I struggle with, you <laughs> yeah. know, and I'm always like checking myself over and you know, you're, you're, you're always going to be your own worst critic, you know, but once you are able to give yourself grace and look at the bigger picture of this, like where you're at, mm-hmm. and as long as you're like, oh, okay, like as long as you're moving the needle and like mm-hmm. give yourself that time and then you can look back and you're like, holy crap we've come a long way yeah you know and then like just be honest with yourself and that's the big that's the hardest thing is like being honest with yourself whether you're doing good or doing bad Mm -hmm. you know be able to look at yourself in the mirror and be like no man you need to go do a little bit more work 
or be like, yo, you've worked your ass off, pat yourself on the back and give yourself a day of rest. Cause you know, when you, uh, integration is just as important as growth and like building, mm-hmm. you got to give yourself that time to integrate, whether it's healing or it's, it's business, you got to give yourself that time, whatever you're learning to go put it into practice and then learn to like give yourself that grace to integrate it and retain it. Cause if not, if you're just, that's, you know, entrepreneurs find themselves into that little hole all the time of just burnout because there's just go, 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 no stop, no sleep. You know, like you've seen it all over the internet, how people pride themselves on lack of sleep, getting up on this, that man, sleep is important for your body. Sleep is important for your mind. You keep, cause then you start, you'll fumble over your words or you'll forget things or mm-hmm. things don't stick. If you're not taking care of your mind just as much as you do your body. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for sure. That's very true. That is very true. I try to get as much sleep as I can. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard, man. Sometimes, like, as soon as you're about to go to sleep, you start thinking about, oh, I got an idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to write it down. Mm-hmm. But it's like, shut off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I can remember it tomorrow, and then I could write it down. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, man, you know, like, I, I can't sleep, so I'll just start writing stuff out. And then used to, like, I'd read a book and go to sleep, you know. Helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they, they was able to, that's when the first time, like I started getting high for the first time, I was like, oh my God, this is wonderful. <laughs> like I need to do this more often. Like I'm a normal person when I'm high. Like it brings me down to like the real, like seeing things chill out a little bit, you know, docile. And mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm an extrovert, so I'm all over the place, but I have a, I have a lot of energy and like learning to utilize that, point that energy in the right direction you know, whether it's in myself to do some work on myself or if it's to do work uh, in the fitness, like on my jujitsu or uh, in business, Yeah. you know, and uh, that's one thing too, is like I started dabbling when I was younger, started dabbling into uh, uh, yoga. Yoga really helped. I was doing that along with martial arts and trying to really hone in, like help my breathing. And cause also too, like when you're underneath somebody and getting smashed, yeah. Like you got to have that yeah. calmness and you'd be able to be calmed in the situation and be calm mm-hmm. in the under, you know, n- and not freak out. And I think that's, you know, helps a lot too. And, uh, you know, just seeking out that because I was frustrated because I was, I was like either wound tight and just like always aggravated or, uh, you know, uh, what's another word, not aggravated, but like, uh, Tense, just always tense, and like, yeah, yeah. just and, but it was either what is that from anxiety or uh, work or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. I was always dealing with that, so through that frustration, I had to go seek some like some solution somewhere. Mm-hmm. And lucky for me, I was in like I said in fitness, and uh, I had people that was doing you know teaching yoga at that time, and they invite me to their class and different stuff like that, you know. And so that helped. Um, then also MMA and boxing and fighting all that stuff you know exfoliates that you know it burns that energy off and able to take take your mind off of whatever you're worried about mm-hmm. or stressed about for that time and like that it was that gave me a lot of time to uh look at myself and relax or gave my time my mind that break mm-hmm. but it's been a wild ride yeah for sure <laughs> for sure you know and it it able to ex- extract each like those journeys like different journeys of my life be able to extract that lesson and implement it. That's been the biggest thing and biggest factor, key factor for me is whatever crazy job I've done or situation I put myself into is like able to extract that and be like, okay, I messed up there. I like, let's not make that mess up again. Like yeah. what, did, what can I pull from this? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really helped yeah. a lot. But um, like I said, you know, we met at the, in, you know, all through Instagram, 
yeah. and photography. Um, and she was telling me about this whole native meetup that she was wanting to do. And cause you know, as indigenous people, you know, we always try to find our own, you know, we're always with our tribal mentality. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah. nowadays we're trying to seek this out of relatability to youth and, you know, indigenous people that's are close to our age and like, and how we live in, in this digital world in the 21st century, mm-hmm. especially now during COVID. Yeah. So she came, you know, she was doing this whole, uh, the native meetup thing during the same time when um, we met. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of took off in November. Yeah, November. I think basically one of the first times I really hung out um, was the day of the first native meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to kind of go backwards a little bit, the kind of how that started was I moved to Tulsa in May of 2020. So yeah, crazy to move during a pandemic. You think you're so excited to move live in a city and get to do all these fun things and you're just like no it's covid but um yes i moved here in may and was really looking for a community that i could just feel like i could relate to you know going to a college it wasn't that i didn't go to a big college but i just never really felt connected to anyone and i had friend groups that was quite a few people um on the same like education level as me we had some similar interests but it seemed like any group I hung out with or person I hung out with, I just, I always felt empty after that. And that's a lot of work I need to do on myself and like the way I see myself and um, just some inner work type of stuff. But I was like really thinking about it. I'm like, I just just don't feel like I can relate to these people that I'm with all the time. Like I never feel like I have any, I've given any value from them. So that was kind of like, one of the, like the main reasons I wanted to start Native Meetup, I just wanted a community that I could relate to. And if it's just all, all looking like each other or um, having the same sense of humor, like that was good enough for me. So, um, yeah, I spent the first few months as I was living in Tulsa looking for some sort of like resource or community I can get involved in with indigenous people. Couldn't really find anything. I mean, granted, it is um, during the, a pandemic, so a lot of things were just shut down and yeah. uh, not happening. And people um, were reluctant to kind of like show up because of fear. Yeah, or, or just like this is not fear, but just like public spaces and stuff like that. So yeah. people was leery of that. So yeah, but yeah, actually had a good turnout. Mm-hmm. How many people? Um, I think there was like eight of us. Yeah, so I kind of just created some graphic that I just like downloaded for free and just like mm-hmm. promoted, like, hey, I'm doing a native meetup. Um, on this date at this coffee shop if you're it doesn't matter if you're creative you can like from any lifestyle or career like you're a part of is like if you want to learn more about being indigenous whatever that looks like to you if you just want to hang out with people who can relate to you on some sort of level then like just come so I had a couple people they're like I don't feel like I should come because I'm not creative I'm like that's not the point of it like the point is just to get connected and like share resources with each other and just network. And I'm, I wanted to turn into this, you know, this thing that can give people a way to like network with each other and, um, learn from other people. Cause I think the past few years I've been kind of, um, on this journey and I think I'm just trying to explore what it means to be indigenous. And there's really no, there's no set rule book to tell me like, this is what it means to be indigenous. Like you have to do this and this and this, yeah. but it's just like finding your community. And like, that's important to me. And, um, I think we can always just learn each other or learn from each other and build community. Like that's, that's good enough for me. And so that's kind of how native meetup started. Um, I've kind of put it on the back burner at this moment. Um, just trying to be, you know, precautious and safe. Um, and like, making the next event better mm-hmm. and just working yeah, on build that off, build off the last one for mm-hmm. sure 
you know, we showed up and we shot a lot of photos there and we mm-hmm. put, took some videos so we the next time we can kind of promote it a little bit better and also you know f- you know uh hone in on this message or yeah. honing in on like the the what it's really going to turn into and like what it, what, it, what it, she wants it to be and because we've been crazy like every time we link up with certain people we're like hey you should come to this too though you know this is going to be mm-hmm. something that is going to be awesome because mm-hmm. the things that we're learning or doing we're going just to pull back into this you know native meetup and just going to make it better each time yeah. mm-hmm. when was that uh first one when was the first one it was a week before thanksgiving a so before thanksgiving. yeah back in november okay yeah yeah so we showed up uh, i showed up to kind of you know so, show my support and uh she walked up to some like some brown dudes and i thought they was gonna show up for native meetup uh-huh. i was like how i throw brother and i was like chima chima you know <laughs> you're like uh uh cool and i'm like then they then they was, she was like all right like slapped hands or whatever see you later i'm like wait they're not coming with us i was like oh my god <laughs> like awesome <laughs> and then another thing les was the only dude there yes. so it's just like all these women oh, yeah. all women I was les like, was like yes i love this i was like let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but no it was it was fun <laughs> and it got people excited for the ones in the future a lot of people had messaged me because i just promoted it through my own personal social media mm-hmm. um like maybe two weeks prior to the event um, but a lot of people messaged me since then. They're like, hey, I really wanted to come. Um, but next one, I would love to be a part of it. I would love to, you know, bring some of my friends or bring my cousin or something. So I think there's a bigger push for it this time. I know people are, are needing something and I want to provide that to people. Yeah, for sure. That's a cool idea. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, how was it promoted? But your, yeah, just your personal s- yeah, just social. social media. I recorded this video of me talking about it. And it was so cringe, this video. <laughs> and it's it was funny, though. Like, people were like, oh, my God, this is so hilarious. I'm like, I'm just painfully awkward. I'm like, but you should come anyways. But <laughs> 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 we native. We all have a different sense of humor, you know? We yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, for real. We get it. We get it. But, Are yeah, you- no, going through, like, the whole, like, traditional education like being in college they always push like network 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 but you're like where where do i network Mm. they're like yeah you just got to talk to the right people i'm like you're not providing me anything to go network (laughs) you're being so vague yes i'm like what am i supposed to do and so i think that was another reason why i think uh native media can give so much value because it gives people a place to network like um, as photographers, me and Wes, like I would love to like have some aspiring photographers come to Native Meetup, ask us mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. um, and network and get some sort of value from it, and just give people a place that they can feel comfortable and not so reluctant and feel like they don't fit in. But yeah, yeah, because it's cool. Because uh, how you know the whole dynamic between her and I, she comes from more of a traditional education she's getting her master's in rsc right Mm -hmm. um and then i'm just kind of like winging it as i go (laughs) youtube university youtube university (laughs) shout out youtube uh in the library (laughs) your local library kids go check out your local library there's so much there yeah there's so much there matter of fact when i was like on the come up doing that i was telling her all about that i was like you know it's so crazy that people don't show up here and take advantage of these resources i was like uh, I love it. Like, yeah. and I was like, it was so amazing. She offered, you know, gave me an opportunity to come back and teach a class there. And I was like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to opportunity to give back and, uh, you know, just talk to, you know, potential creatives coming up about storytelling. Cause at that time I was loving videography, but this, you know, on social media, you would see in a, just a, a bunch of, a bunch of 
same people imitating each other. Mm-hmm. Just a bunch of Zoom transitions, nothing but uh, orange and teal color schemes. Everybody's just, and that's fine. I did it too. I, mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, <laughs> I, I'm guilty of it. <laughs> I thought it was cool, but uh, I was talking about like just a sense of storytelling and how much, how more important that is than the crazy gimmicky transitions mm-hmm. like telling a strong story and keeping that storyline and <clears throat> shooting keeping your shots tight and telling the story how it needs to be told not not elongating it and like to some you know documentary that it shouldn't right. be but be able to tell the story and keep it snippy and keep it tight and that was the bigger thing of that class and that was that was a great like that was my first one and I just I was winging that too but it was just something from the my pat you know my passion and my soul that I was like trying to hold hone in on myself so everything I was telling these kids I was telling myself you know and I was yeah. trying to stay in the you know trying to tell my keep in that whole uh practice what you preach mentality yeah, yeah. so it's been a crazy ride but yeah see, seek out your resources and mm-hmm. uh finding these way you know finding these people that you can relate to and just share your be genuine and be vulnerable like that's the best thing you can do to network the best way you can is like you don't know everything be okay with that and mm-hmm. just ask questions yeah ask mm-hmm. questions how you can do better what do you feel like i could have done better on oh okay you know and take that with strive uh, a lot of times we get so tight you know uh these projects and things that are uh, we keep them so close to ourselves we keep so much a part of them you know that we are we get scared to share that stuff because they'll hurt our feelings you know and be able to disconnect that from something from yourself and be like and take that constructive criticism from people you know but obviously you got to protect your dream you got to protect yourself but so that's why you got to get out and find these people that you trust that you can you know relate with and network with and that's been the big thing is like separating myself from my work you know like i am not my work i'm you know something different you know i myself once you put out in the world it's it's out there yeah you know be okay with that like to what they say to be an artist you have to have the courage to be wrong of some sort you know i can't mm-hmm. remember i'm butchering that, that <laughs> quote but it, it, it you get the point yeah <laughs> i got it yeah <laughs> so have you done any classes like wes has or um i mean like taught you know classes? yeah i watched a lot of youtube uh just to learn how to edit um i watched a lot of andrew kern samuel elkins jessica whitaker those are my three favorite photographers that i just always looked up to and anywhere from composition um location scouting posing um and editing mostly because i i didn't take any courses or anything in college to teach me how to use photoshop or lightroom it was everything i learned through youtube on yeah. that so <laughs> Yeah, I just spent a lot of time, I mean, doing it for 10 years. I just felt like I just now developed a craft for it over the past three years when I really took it serious and really mm-hmm. honed in on it and developed my style. And I think that's the a beautiful thing about it, being like a photographer, any sort of artist, is that it's, your work is always evolving. Mm-hmm. And it's it just like, sometimes it's just so frustrating because you're like, that's not what I'm, that's not what I want it to look like. But it's the process, like you're learning and you're you're going back and you're looking at him like I could do this better. I can do this better. And so, yeah, YouTube was very helpful when it came to photography and editing and um, a lot of podcasts when it came to creativity and all that. So, but I don't think I would probably watch YouTube as much as Wes has. Mm. I love YouTube, you know, and I'm always, <laughs> and that's the thing, like I didn't go to a traditional school or anything like that, but I did find, I stumbled onto courses that was really like honing in on a certain niche or a certain mm-hmm. topic and I would buy those courses, you know, like this, 
year, you know, these years in digital media and stuff and di- the digital world is ever changing. There's a course for everything out there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can go to school and it could be, you know, broad and vague subjects that might, t- you know, touch on the surface of these topics of marketing or branding. But then there's, there's a professional out there that's just as nerdy as, you know, you want to be and they'll dive a million miles down into a certain niche, you know, niches are where the riches are at. Cause you get to build so many layers of, uh, rapport community and like expertise mm-hmm. and you become that authoritative figure yeah. into that, that whatever niche you step into. And so that's where I was like, Oh, okay. So I shot very, when I was out there, you know, looking for, my solution, I was lucked out. Somebody sent me a link to Ty Lopez social media management. <clears throat> he is the most cringy, like he don't do them no more. I don't ever see it on his YouTube ads anymore, but the, well, he was the guy. He's like, these are my Lamborghinis in the back. I oh read four books this week. Yada, yada, yada. I was like, ugh. but then I, the guy sent me the link and I was like, well, all right, well, I'll watch it. And it was a webinar, and but it was speaking right to my pain points of like everything I needed at that time. I was like, "This is excellent," because I was just doing the videography and photography at the time, and I didn't know how to get my my stuff seen. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how like what to do with this. Yeah. And so when I, he sent me this link, I was like, "Ooh," it's like I really need this. So I went ahead and bought it. I didn't tell him I bought it because I didn't want to influence if he bought it or not. I just wanted to see if he would or not. Mm-hmm. He bought it. Then he's like, yo, you going to L.A.? Because I guess when you bought the course, you got a free ticket to this seminar. And I was like, hell no, I'm broke. Like, <laughs> I'm doing what I can to struggle over here. I'm an entrepreneur. Like, you know, I got rent to pay. I can't go to L.A. Yeah. He's like, I'll pay the B&B if you want to go. I was like, oh. So I was like, yeah. And I was like. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> yeah. And so I looked on, uh, what is it, Air, uh, Allegiant, 200 bucks. I was like. I can do that. I can do 20 I can, hour layover. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> it was so uncomfortable seats. Like, Allegiant sucks. <laughs> but man, was it affordable. So we went out there to uh, LA and I felt like I jumped right into the deep end. Uh, but I was like, man, I was like, I'm going to go out here. I'm going out here for, you know, to on a mission. Cause I had thoughts of living out in LA like we all do, right? I always, I wanted to move and travel. And I was like, I'm coming out here and hustle. I'm going to grind this whole weekend. Had a bunch of, business cards in my pockets i was handing them out like crazy uh, it's funny like when you think about these seminar walking into it there's a line that wrapped around the block and i was talking to all these people in line like hey yeah we should connect we should connect i just having that courage and like that id gadgets that fuck it moment just like here take it take this you know yeah. whatever and i get into the seminar like i said deep in I didn't know enough to, I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know anything to like raise my hand and ask questions. I just like taking everything, but writing notes, just like, oh my God, like this is crazy. And went back, back to Tulsa. And uh, within like four months of buying that course, I made my money back and I landed my first client. But I was so hard up for, like I said, for a sale, like I was struggling like that to make it all piece it together and figure it out. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, so they was like uh, at needing this, this thing, this website, this uh, video, these photos, and I was just like, yeah, 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 I can do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I don't have any. Cl- so as soon as I greened all of that stuff, I undersold myself like crazy. Had to go make sure I knew how to do what I needed to do. Quickly figured out I was like, crap. I just made it a job for myself. I was so like just go mode, yeah. and I had no time because when you're out there selling who's out there, who's in there editing 
who's then when you're in their editing, who's shooting, then who's selling. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing all that and you don't have any systems built, it's just, uh, you got to take this hat off, put this hat on, take this hat off, put this hat on and then go, 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 go. And I was like, holy crap, this is exhausting. Mm-hmm. This is burning me out. And, uh, that, but like I said, at that time I was just trying anything, whatever stuck to the wall, I was just trying it. And, uh, Bali, man, it was the same thing. We found a seminar out there, and they, it was a great opportunity, and you know, charged it to the game. Let's go, and flew over to Bali, and I didn't go over there. I went in there on a mission too. Like when I was there, I was like, I'm gonna shoot so much content that I want to have it to surplus of content to be able to pull from, and just like have this experience of shooting the, you know, um, temples out there, shooting monkeys, like just experiencing it. I rented a little Vespa. <laughs> oh my God. I was driving that thing I about died, like driving on the other side of the road. Oh and like, it was crazy. Living your best life. Coming, yeah. Coming from <laughs> Oklahoma. I was like white knuckling it. I was so oh scared. Just like, screw it. I gotta get, I gotta get to this temple. <laughs> I gotta get these shots. And, <laughs> but I'm so glad I did. And this funny thing is when I went over there, um, I didn't have a SIM card that would work. Mm. And so I was like, eh, whatever. Uh, we had Wi-Fi. I, I roomed with 13 other people from all over the world, from New Zealand, uh, New York, Jamaica, um, everywhere. And, like, we all stayed in this dope-ass house. And, like, it was a two-story house. I jumped off the roof into the pool. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, shit. And uh, <laughs> it was dope. But we had Wi-Fi there, and I was looking on Instagram, like, where is the hot spots in Bali to take photos? And can I get there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would map it out the night before and I would just like put it on my maps. And so I would leave the Wi-Fi and it would stay, the route would stay on the maps. So I could just like, as I was driving, look and check and look and check. And I'd pull over and the traffic there is insane. Like all the little mopeds sound like angry bees. Like, <laughs> and like you're just like, Oh shit. Yeah. You, and I'm, I have a whole backpack of gear on my back. Just like, like it was horrible and uh like every you know a couple blocks i had to turn you know, stop and like look and one time the actually thing the the map cleared and i was like oh no like how am i going to get back to the b&b yeah. luckily i figured it out but it was a crazy experience man and uh but that's like i was i was going so much and obviously going to a foreign country my immune system lowered, you know, was shot from exhaustion, probably malnourished. And <laughs> I ate some weird chicken on the side of the road. You're like, uh, now I'm immune to the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> it was some weird stuff, but I knew I needed some sustenance in my body and needed some energy. And they said it was chicken. I don't know. It was fried, <laughs> but it tasted so weird. And, oh, no. uh, God, what? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was experience. And that's when I got back and I got sick, man. I got sick with pneumonia and, uh, it was so gnarly and I had a jet lag at that time. So night was day, day was night. And I was so sick. I was like, this is a, and I was in a weird (laughs) headspace at that time. And so that was the whole time during that rebranding of figuring it out, man. Mm -hmm. But like it's that journey has taught me a lot. Like I extracted so much from that. And like when you do, you know, go to that level of, you know, perseverance, man, like it teaches you, it teaches you a lot about yourself more than anything. And like be able to take that and, put it into this business and or put it into like the solutions or give this you know give things back to either our community or our clients man like that that's where it's at for us you mm-hmm. know taking yourself down to that level so i don't want to go off on too crazy of a tangent <laughs> but yeah those journeys man it taught me taught me a lot and it's taken me a lot of you know places yeah more of the story 
like be cautious of what you eat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, yeah. Moral of the story is like I should have gave myself a little bit more rest. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, get, be be gentle with your body. Be, yes. you know, give yourself grace. <laughs> Man, because I think I, I think that ex- uh, the combination of exhaustion and eating weird food out there and just like sleeping in the you know in the airport and like it was just gnarly. Like when as soon as I came off the airplane, like like there, you just hit with just a wall of humidity. You're like, <laughs> oh, I'm here, in Bali. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was it was crazy. It was raining there, like like crazy uh, cats and dogs and. Uh, when we show like we had to have a B and B before we got to the the regular B and B, it was raining, but it wasn't like anything that we hadn't experienced. And we show up and got there to uh, the the B and B and get into our room. Everything's fine. Crash. All of a sudden, we're woke you know woken up you know middle of the night and our room is flooded. Like the the whole corridor is like like looks like a stream and like a creek inside out there, and it started flooding into the room and like wow. coming through the ceilings and. Uh, through the uh, showers and stuff like that. And we was in like an inch full of uh, water. Luckily, all our gear and everything was up off, off mm-hmm. you know, on the dresser and stuff like that. But man, like waking up towards that, that was not, that was day one. Day one. Day one. <laughs> and then that, wow. and after all the water receded and everything, the next day the sun was out. It was amazing. You're like, did that even just happen? Mm-hmm. Was that even real life? <laughs> and you're like, we're here now. Like, I ain't going back. That was yeah. a 13 hour flight. Yeah. Like, I ain't doing that. Like, we're here. And so, like, that set the tone. Like, you know, we're going to stay here and mm-hmm. figure this crap out. Makes mm-hmm. for a good story. For yeah. Sure. And and I took video of it, you know, so I got <laughs> proof. <laughs> that was it. That was the thing. It's like, man, I can't believe that happened, you know? But it, it was cool. And, like, be able to live through that and, like, share that. And, like, I think that's also what really taught me, too, is like during this travel, you know, you talk to people about traveling and like they have all these grandiose stories. Oh my God, it was so great. It was so <laughs> lovely. And like, those are boring stories. Like, <laughs> like, tell me, tell me where you screwed up at. Like, tell me where all, like you got lost. Tell me like you fighting with your significant other, but you know, you rallied up, you know, and you just had the best time. Yeah. I, I want to hear those stories, man. <laughs> like, so shoot, I got one at freaking, uh, we went to that Ty Lopez seminar and all the out there in LA and same thing that just that mentality just go 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 mm-hmm. create go do something like go experience everything while you're out there which is not smart but I try mm-hmm. and so we hike I hiked up to the Hollywood sign while I was out there little did I know that was a real effing hike like that was a long trek I had I've never been there before is that so even I, legal to hike up to it I thought uh, it was yeah illegal. you could you, they have fencing around the oh, Hollywood okay. sign but there's just don't uh, climb the Hollywood yeah sign. just don't Got climb it. Ah, okay. Hollyweed yeah and, yeah <laughs> Hollyweed <laughs> Uh, and so little, and it was like, uh, uh, the hot, one of the like record hot days in California and they have all those grass fires and crazy stuff oh, like yeah, that, you know, yeah, it, yeah. and it was just like a, a different kind of heat that I wasn't used to. And it was gnarly. And we only showed up with like a couple of bottles of water <laughs> and the park ranger Joe Bias, he's like, that's not going to be enough. <laughs> and he's like, hopefully there's a, um, a, uh, uh, one of those water containers and, igloo containers those orange ones that construction people use mm-hmm. they's like hopefully it's around the corner if it's still filled and i was like uh okay like i'm fine like all right we'll we'll try you keep going and i had a, you know a girlfriend at the time there you know she's never done anything like this and i was like uh, a little bit more worried for her than myself mm-hmm. you know but i was like shit you know so i was giving her my water because she was a lot smaller than i was and uh shit so we get all the way up there 
made it to the top. Yeah, this is awesome. All right, let's turn around. Let's get back down. And so he's coming back down, barely any kind of service, trying to find an Uber. You know, um, uh, what's the other one? Lift. Lift, Lift yeah. something. Somebody pick us up. Find like finally we see I guess a lift sign uh, guy drive by and but we still couldn't find like any service. We was like, please just take us down the mountain until we get service and we'll pay you. And he didn't speak. He barely spoke any English. Uh, <laughs> my Spanish is not that good. <laughs> And so we get on, and we finally get down, finally get, you know, or uh, lift everything paid for. We get, what is it, the 405? I think that's their main highway, the main big one, mm-hmm. like six lanes. God. So we, and it was so hot, and we was like, can you turn the AC on? This dude was like messing with the AC at the front, and I was like, I'm in the back seat, like watching him. He was like really like turning his head. <laughs> I was like, making me nervous, and he did it again. And all of a sudden, we're like, whoa, 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 smashed right into the back of a freaking car. And, like, we got into a wreck of the 405 on that, you know, oh, during that trip, shit. right after that crazy, like, hike. And, like, we honestly didn't know if he was going to have heat exhaustion from that hike or not, right? Get into right into a wreck after that. And then I was on my way to a photo shoot down at the beach. And mm-hmm. so I was like, this sucks. I was like, but the show must go on. So we got, we, this car stopped by to see if we was okay. And we was like, you just take us to a gas station, please. <laughs> got to the gas station, got, you know, tons of Gatorade and like, all right, you know. And uh, I was like, well, like I told X, you know, I was like, yo, you can go back to the hotel. I was like, I got to keep going. I was like, I got this person waiting, going to wait on me at the the beach and Huntington Beach. I was like, I got to show up. Like, cause it was, some model and she had this, uh, you know, hella following. And I was like, this is going to be a great opportunity to network and, you know, get me you know, collaborate and get my work out there, especially here in LA. That was the main reason for everything is going out there to establish some, uh, something out there so I can mm-hmm. move my way out there, find work. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, man, like we persevere, we show up at the beach. She showed it. She went ahead and went with me and stayed with me. And got her, got her some food, got her to chill out and relax. And like, we just got into a crazy wreck. And uh, we go to the freaking beach, man, take these photos and kill it. And like, it was amazing. Sunset, it was gorgeous. And I was like, man, like, this is great. Like, this is, you know, we persevered and went through this and like, it, it turned out okay. A couple weeks later, man, got a settlement for that, that wreck. <laughs> really? Paid for a camera. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> so shit. FYI, guys, if you guys get in a wreck uh, with Uber or Lyft, you can file a lawsuit. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So I didn't have no idea, but uh, somebody's like, yeah, you could, yeah, told us that we should try at least. And I was like, whatever. So I tried and I filed, for, you know, filed a claim. And, uh, nice. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, they settled. Obviously, they wanted to settle. Yeah, and so they settled for just a couple, you know, a couple grand. It, it, but that paid for the trip. <laughs> yeah, still. <laughs> as bad as this sounds, I don't want you guys to judge me. But <laughs> as bad as that sounds, like it really, like, uh, like that was crazy. And like, be able to take that camera, that money, and I reinvested it and, and paid paid off a camera that I, I purchased. And I was like, man, like that was luck, mm-hmm. you know, even that happening. But it was crazy coming back from that. Damn. I'm going to start taking Uber. Right? <laughs> no. Just distract them. Distract right? the drivers. Jeez. <laughs> like that guy, yeah. Hey, look. It's like, I earned my gotcha. money the old-fashioned way. <laughs> Insurance <Yeah>. claim. <laughs> yeah, I know that sounds horrible, but that was just a crazy coincidence yeah. that happened. And I, I didn't even think about trying to file for it until like a couple weeks after I got home. Yeah. And I was like, 
why not? Why not? And I emailed yeah. him. I was like, hey, I was in a wreck, and one of your, you know, your Lyft drivers was driving. And sure enough, they called, and they had they had a process for that. But one of our another Uber driver from that trip told us to do that, so I, we got the inside info. Yeah. So. Like I think my neck is permanently damaged. I need fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> shoot, being in jujitsu all the time, I was already going to the chiropractor anyways. <laughs> yeah, I was already hurt. I had doctor's notes. <laughs> but no, it was it was crazy, man. Wow. Well, no one try that. No one. No, We're just no kidding one. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You got to have I all these disclaimers. I Uber and Lyft are going to come after us now. <laughs> they're listening while we're driving. <laughs> I didn't know your story was going to turn into that <laughs> yeah dude no i have so many Holy different shit. stories like that like there's crazy ones that you know just screw it jump you know and figure it out on the way down mm-hmm. and that's i have a lot of those stories <laughs> shoot when i was in uh, college man i used to go buy two dollar or two hot and readies five dollars a piece obviously right the hot yeah. readies cc's and come back to the dorms and sell uh sell dollar <laughs> slice like i've always had that kind of you know, figure it out, like hustle mentality. Yeah. And that's kind of just carried with me throughout everything. Like we've tried, you know, like why not? Hmm. I should have done that. Right. <laughs> so when I was a good old bacon. <laughs> oh, is that where you went bacon? Yeah. I went bacon for a year and a year. adorned with the natives out there. I got an indigenous scholarship and that's like what she was talking about. You know, is it kind of piggyback off you, you know, you're saying like seeking this community, seeking what it was to be indigenous I had the same thing. Like we all, like as you know, in in our generation, we kind of like we're striving to find this. If we didn't have a traditional background or mm-hmm. traditional upbringing, you're always seeking this. Just like out of nowhere, like something's itching at you to find out more about yourself and your indigenous heritage and culture. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I graduated from Wagner and, and Bacon is in Muskogee, like just down the road. So I was like, oh, you know, that's an indigenous college, even though it's a uh, more uh, Christian college, you know, but it was still indigenous college. And I was like, okay, this is where I want to at least go try. And, uh, for what you pay there and the amenities they provide. Nah, <laughs> that place is falling apart. And that's where I realized like, <laughs> this is lame. And I was oh like, gosh. <laughs> I was like, it's not for me. But during that time there, I, I put myself in every indigenous class i could Mm -hmm. (laughs) like from song and dance uh language like everything art i just put myself into everything no wonder like those credits didn't transfer why isn't my basking weaving class transferring (laughs) i don't understand yeah but i loved it man i made a lot of uh connects and i i got in touch uh the cool thing about it i'm you know oklahoma choctaw Mm -hmm. i like got introduced to a lot of mississippi choctaws and Mm -hmm. uh man like really started diving into stickball and like really fell in love with it and then really was exposed to my language out there through these you know through these individuals and that was always something I craved like to to cultivate that and feed into that a little bit more but my mother is you know she don't speak it and she's full blood Choctaw and she don't speak mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. but you know killed Indian saved the man yeah it worked yeah and like it bled down through the generations and so that's the thing. Like you have to go seek this stuff out. You have to go. You have to go find it. Yeah. But when you're going looking for it, you got to have that humility that you don't know it all and like yeah. to not be prideful. And at the same time, uh, surround yourself with people that's gonna you know feed into that, not chastise you, not make fun of you. Because mm-hmm. as individuals, you know, stepping outside our comfort zone is hard. Yeah. yeah. Traditional or for not, sure. we're all on our own journey. Mm-hmm. 
because I didn't come from any sort of traditional background, whatever that looks like. Yeah. But my grandpa, so I'm Cherokee, but my grandpa, my mom's side is Oto. So I have Oto in me, but Oto Missourian. And he was a tribal judge for like seven years when I was a kid and uh, was chief of the tribe um, a year until he had passed. So like, I just remember my childhood, like going to powwows, like growing up around that. And then he died when I was seven and my mom just kind of like, she didn't have any connection to that anymore. That was like hard for her, for her father not to be a part of it. She just kind of like, you know, took me and my sister out of that culture and um, didn't really have anything else to do with it. And so I felt like from age seven to like going into college, there was always this thing that I'm like, I was looking for. I was like trying to find like, what does it mean to be me? You know, who am I? And so I think that's part of the journey right now is to be indigenous, like looking or seeing what it means to be indigenous to myself, like what it looks like for my own personal journey journey and for my own life. And I think it's something that we're all going to probably be on for the rest of our lives is, you know, on that journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to find that too, Mm -hmm. that indigenous not lifestyle, but, you know, try Mm -hmm. to figure out more about what it actually is too. Mm -hmm. I think almost like balance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I knew I grew up in Pawnee and uh, we had like a Pawnee language class Mm -hmm. in middle school, but you know, I took it because everybody took it, you know, all my friends that were native and stuff. So I, that's the only reason why I got into it because, you know, hang out with them in the class. But I remember like a few words and um, some phrases they were teaching us, but Mm -hmm. God, that was so long ago in middle school, Mm -hmm. 30, I'll be 33 this year. So, yeah, that was a long time ago. But two of my friends, you know, they went to OU and they graduated. They've studied our language and our history. So now, you know, in Pawnee, they're offering these uh, language classes to our tribal members. And I I don't think it's going on now because of the pandemic and stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, they were doing it. And then I think they had to stop because of this. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I have not made it there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been telling them, like, yo, I'm going to come and I want to learn at least, you know, something. My language at least, mm-hmm. you know, because. And then when I went to I I in mm-hmm. New Mexico, it was like uh, I was telling Jake this. But, you know, I went there and I didn't really know too much about my tribe, I guess. And then when you go there, you know, all these Native Americans, indigenous people, they know like a lot of them knew their background, mm-hmm. their language, where they come from, who they were related to back in the day and stuff, you know, and, it, and he was like, yeah, it's intimidating. I was like, yeah, it was mm-hmm. intimidating because I didn't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, I would tell people like, yeah, I'm Pawnee, you know, and then there are some people that knew like stories about Pawnee, Pawnee mm-hmm. people. So mm-hmm. they would tell me and then I would learn from them mm-hmm. and hit up the old library, yeah. <laughs> yep. you know, yeah. <laughs> I hit up the old Google, you know, and I just started kind of learning that history, you know, on myself because I was like, I'm not afraid to ask questions now, Mm -hmm. but you know, when you're young and Mm -hmm. you know, you feel like you kind of don't belong even in your own tribe and Mm -hmm. you kind of just feel like, well, you know, I don't want to ask because, you know, they might think of me less than, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because I felt like I should already know this stuff. Mm -hmm. I felt like that. But now, you know, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, you know, don't be afraid to ask anything. Yeah. And I think the conversation has shifted over, like, even seeing over the past couple of years, like, you know, not having all these gatekeepers or like, well, I'm more native than you. Like I have a higher blood quantum, but like 
now like a lot of indigenous people are rejecting the whole blood quantum rhetoric that Mm -hmm. you know that's just a form of colonization like that wasn't our idea we never wanted that in place it was something that the government put on us and so i think it it's opening up a lot of conversation and open floors for us to like share our stories share Mm -hmm. what we know and teach others and i think it's a good it's a good time to be indigenous right now (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah And, and that's the biggest thing for me like trying to find any kind of platform to tell my stories or my experiences mm-hmm. and maybe like you know indigenous person might hear this you know yeah. a kid yeah. that needs to, like they're stuck on a reservation or stuck in their own like you know, like what should i be i don't know what i am mm-hmm. yeah just live life bro <laughs> like mm-hmm. do yeah. you and like but find out what find you like it doesn't you don't have to fit into a box like because mm-hmm. you have dark hair dark skin mm-hmm. you don't have to be that box but you know it's all because we're always going to be seeking out and like figuring out who we are for the rest of our lives we'll go through these changes and like you know our taste buds change every seven years you know so our you know our minds will we mature and like we lose these you know these things that we used to chase or these you know old perspectives of ourselves or of the world you start you stop at a certain age like i'm 33 as well yeah you know you a certain age you stop giving a shit about what people think yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and that's that's the superpower man yeah. like when you really step back and be like it is what it is you yeah. know yeah if i sound dumb then so fucking be yeah, <laughs> yeah. but i i want to know this you know mm-hmm. so that that's exactly what the fuck I, you know, I've been thinking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's why, and that's why, you know, I, all these crazy stories and all these, you know, I'm not afraid to go make a failure yeah. I mean, and I'm not afraid to tell you about my failure because it is what it is. Yep. I'm, I'm at least I'm trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing too, that jujitsu has really given me is like, you know, we roll, I mean, you know, I've been doing this jujitsu, like I said, about 10 years and you have your good days when you're the hammer and you have your bad days when you're the <laughs> nail and you, you got to take the good with the bad and you set your ego at the door. And when, you know, leave your ego there is in a sense of like, I'm here to learn or I'm here to teach somebody, you mm-hmm. know, I'm here to make them better because the better, that, the more I make them better, the better training partners they are for me. And then they'll make me better because they're going to push me harder, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and be like, it's okay to tap. It's okay to get beat. Yep. You just li- you either win or you learn. And that's, yeah. you know, that's, you got to look at life too. It's like, you got to go out here and try mm-hmm. and you got to make these messy mistakes and fail, mm-hmm. fail forward, fail often. You know, they say that all the time. At least you, you know, you don't get any experience unless you try, you know, mm-hmm. you got to fail to get experience. So it's, it's a weird, vicious cycle, but you got to have that thick skin, you know, and bulletproof mind. And if you don't have a bulletproof mind, be okay with asking for help. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's okay too. Like we've made, it's like, you know, mental health is, you know, not now you see it as in the community, mental health is becoming more and more uh, of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like people are okay, you know, especially males now are like coming out more and talking about mental health and like their struggles and like that toxic masculinity is not a thing. You know, it yeah. is a thing, but it's like a thing that people are willing to get past now and mm-hmm. like willing to, you know, deal with and like he- hit head on. Mm-hmm. And that's been like with my journey too is like, you know, jujitsu and wrestling, I've lost a lot. Yeah. You know, but able to take those, you know, loss, you know, losses with stride and, and extract it, always extracting the lesson or the, you know, the situation out of it and evaluating what went wrong or what you could have done better and be like, I'll remember that next time. Yeah. You know, there's always going to be a next time we, we fall in, we forget how long we're really here on this earth and we're just, you know, at the same time though, it's a blink of an eye. 
you know, so however you want to use that to give yourself strength for the next day or tomorrow, it's like you're here for a long time. So you better, you know, start figuring this thing out at the same time. We're here for a blink of an eye. So what's stopping us move mm-hmm. forward, move something, do something, mm-hmm. you know, if it's not internally or if it's giving something to your significant other, but you know, just be grateful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's at the end of the day, you know, uh, whether we win or fail or lose or make a million dollars, whatever it is, you know, just be grateful. We're here just, you know, working our ass off or be able to be here and mm-hmm. breathe. Yeah, so for sure. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> just deep. Yeah. <laughs> Going deep with Oki. West is, West is deep, man. <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs> Shit. I love that. I love that energy. Yeah. Uh, I thought of that too, like doing jujitsu and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, <laughs> well, it's hard to, have like tell somebody what jujitsu is when they don't do it. Yeah, I forget you're blue belt, right? <laughs> yeah, blue belt. Nice, nice. Blue belt for uh, ten years. But uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You still, hey, you still got, you yeah. still been on the mat, bro. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Fuck, I need to get back in it, man. And we moved from because uh, I was gonna go to uh, Omar French's because we live, I live like right there. Shout out to Omar French. Shout out, he's a good dude. Shout out Omar French. <laughs> Shout out all the jujitsu heads in Tulsa. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> It's getting real big, and, uh, <laughs> but uh, but fuck, man, yeah, I just because I know what you're talking about, like that drive, mm-hmm. like with, even with jujitsu, because man, like I couldn't go back to school because I owed a fucking outstanding amount of money, mm-hmm. so I couldn't go back, and I was like, fuck, what do I do? You know, what do I do with my fucking time? I just don't want to work because mm-hmm. I was st- I was like 22 or 23, so I still had like a lot of energy and I still felt relatively uh, athletic. Mm-hmm. So I just started googling MMA gyms because my brother did him. He he did MMA and uh, he moved to Tahlequah and he started a MMA gym. Nice. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know anything about MMA. Like I watched it every now and again, but I didn't I, I didn't know shit about it. I just thought it was wrestling or something, mm-hmm. and you throw in some punches. So I was like, yeah, like you know, I was real ignorant about it. I was like, I'll just go in there and, you know, I'm still strong or whatever. So I'll probably just hold down everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But man, I remember like the first time I went and I did like this little intro class. So it seemed pretty easy. You know, they're like, they just show you like bait, like shrimping out. Mm-hmm. They show you, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, uh, takedowns, mm-hmm. little takedown or whatever. It's like, cool. Yeah. You know, I'll get into it. So then I finally started getting in, getting into it. I remember like the first day I went, it was a hard freaking session. And uh, this guy, his name was Jason, I believe. And he was probably like maybe 205, maybe. He was a cop. And uh, he wore a headgear mm. because he has a, he had a really bad uh, cauliflower ear. Mm-hmm. And they had to drain it after every practice. Well, yeah. So, <laughs> But that's why he was wearing that. I was like, oh, man, you know, like, and I was probably like maybe three inches taller than him. So I was like, oh, man, like, and he was training with me. So, man, I'm just going to lay on him i'm just gonna <laughs> teach this guy like you know like mass matters yeah. yeah yeah i was real stupid man because i didn't know what the fuck it was or anything and it's not even about that like when you mm. do jujitsu man it's it's technique and it's just like it's chess it's, it's chess yeah and fuck i went in there and uh we were rolling and this dude was i got t- i gassed out in like 30 seconds this mm-hmm. dude's all over me yeah you know on my back and choking me out and like the five minutes man he probably killed me he killed me in like five six times mm-hmm. and i felt like 
God, this sucks. Because mm-hmm. I've never been handled like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, you and feel it really, how, actually how you feel so vulnerable and yeah. so like helpless. And it just felt like I was drowning. Like mm-hmm. I was just in the ocean, and I, you know, you come up for air, and then you take yeah. a little bit of air, and then you get sucked back down. That's yeah. exactly what it felt like when he was just doing whatever he wanted to do to me. Yeah, and I felt like really discouraged, and I was like really like. Like, I wanted to quit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to come back because I felt embarrassed. But yeah. when you're in that community, like, jiu-jitsu and stuff, like, they're not there to bash you Mm-mm. if you get your ass kicked or something. You know, they're always there to willing to help and everything. So he mm-hmm. was really cool about it. Like, he was like, hey, just keep coming back, man. He goes, he goes, it'll get easier. And he goes, uh, just keep coming back, man. Don't quit. Because I was like, I think I told him, I was like, I don't think I'm going to come back. <laughs> I don't think this is for me. Oh, this is for me because, bro, like you just kick my ass and I, I don't feel, I feel like shit. Yeah. But, uh, that's always like a memory that I have of like doing my first like actual jujitsu practice. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I kept going and I did get better and then I did my first tournament and nice. And then, and then it just like all like started like I wanted to be like an MMA fighter, mm-hmm. like go for UFC and, so I was, dude, I was working and I'd come in in the mornings and do their CrossFit stuff. And then in the evenings I'd wake up and then I'd uh, do jujitsu and then I'd do like striking after that. But man, I, I'm like really injury prone. Mm. So I always get fucking hurt no matter mm-hmm. what. I always get hurt. So then I was like, oh, I'll just probably stick to jujitsu. <laughs> but yeah. jujitsu is like, oh man, there's just something about it where. There's nothing like it. Yeah. Man. It's just like. Have you tried it, Brittany? No, <laughs> not yet. No. Not yet. Better it tells go. Me all the time. <laughs> you need to go. Like it's, one of these days, she'll, I'll get her in there. Yeah, it's really uh, just stick to it, man. Like, and everybody's really cool. You know, I know mm-hmm. every B- BJJ community is like fucking cool as shit. Mm-hmm. You do have your douchebags, mm-hmm. but sometimes they they're fizzle few, out. They're few and far between. That's where I like to tell yeah. you know explain to people about jujitsu. It really um, is. The, it exfoliates the douchebag at the same time it it strengthens the meek like people will figure out once they get into it like how strong they really are Mm -hmm. because once they learn a little bit of technique or learn that they're not made of china (laughs) yeah you know Mm -hmm. and like they get themselves into those positions of dying gasping for air (laughs) exhaustion and yet you you know you, you get your wind back and you're like holy shit like I'm still here. Yeah, I'm still I'm, here. I'm still alive. I'm like <laughs> that was that was intense, you know. That was crazy. But then, you know, it but it takes a certain type of person, their mind their mindset. If they're willing to let the jujitsu magic work on them, mm-hmm. it, like that medicine, it, it really exfoliates certain things of yourself and you do down those moments of like gasping for air and you come up from into the surface, but in those moments underneath it, you're really like going to battle with yourself. And at the same time, like you have to be there in the moment. If not, you're going to get beat. Yeah. You're, going, you're going to get submitted or uh, something, right? So you have to stay in that moment. No matter if, like what's going on in the day, you you come to that door, it all stays out there. Mm-hmm. And then you're able to, you know, like I said, give yourself just an hour, but you're intense, like into something else. And so I, I feel you, bro. Like that, It's just a crazy connection when you have, a, you know, within that jujitsu community that you just don't really get anywhere else. Uh, I, I get white belts all the time or people that come in off the street for the f- first couple of classes and knuckle up. I'm like, so I ask, you know, I introduce myself every time and I'm like, why, why jujitsu? Like, why'd you pick this? Like, yeah. what? you know, and I, I love to hear those crazy stories and like then to see if those people really stick around, man, and you're like you, then you see them progress and you're like, man, 
you've really grown. You've, you know, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, like they're not the same type of person. Yeah. You see a change inside them and, uh, like let they, they know that they're not, you know, they can push their body or their mind further than they thought. Mm -hmm. And like, that's a special kind of person after they, you know, done their time. And, uh, that's, I mean, I got a lot of friends in the jujitsu community and like just through that, you know, and shoot through business too. Like you, you work with, you know, other jujitsu people and you can just have this connection, you know, understanding. Um, yeah. In 09, I, I had that same thought too. I, I wanted to do uh, MMA and I thought I was gonna really going to fight full time. I did fight full time. I quit my job. I was working at the casino. That's where I met George. Oh, okay. Shout out George Alexander. Uh, <laughs> no. He'll be on soon. <laughs> yeah. You, I, I invited his ass out there and. We beat the shit out of each other for a while too. You know, he he's done MMA or mm-hmm. you know training with me, and he's done jujitsu every now and then. I'm, I'm gonna get him hooked up over there at Triton before it's, before it's all said and done. Uh, but man, like I quit my job and uh, I was fighting full time. I was training like lifting weights, and then I do my cardio, then do my stand up and jujitsu, and it was it was an eight hour day job. You know, yep. that was what I was doing on the reg. And I quickly realized I didn't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I was tired of getting this the shit kicked out of me and cutting weight. The cutting yeah. weight was just another fight, you know, and uh, I fought at 155 and that was rough. And uh, I wasn't making a lot of money <laughs> and I was just struggling to survive and constantly going to work, you know, going to work out and stuff. And I was like, nah, this is not for me. But I was in love with jujitsu though and mm-hmm. like because of wrestling and, uh, so, but I quickly turned that and I found a job on Craigslist, uh, teaching karate. And I was like, sweet, I'll try it. You know, making 10 bucks an hour. I didn't give a shit. You know, yeah. I was still immersing myself in martial arts at some point. And I showed up to the interview and I was like, I don't have to sing like Kumbaya. I don't have to sing like Barney songs <laughs> and shit like that. Do I? Cause I was like, I've never been in a formal martial arts place. I was always in Mr. MMA badass, uh-huh. you know, egotistical as hell. <laughs> <laughs> And I showed up very first day, like I had to line up with the little kids. I'm like, all right, I wear to put this little gi on. Like I felt so silly. Like I said, I wasn't in the martial arts before that. I was always just no gi wrestler, you know, wrestling, combative jujitsu. You know, it's always that mentality. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I've done uh, you know Muay Thai, so I was really rigid and just like, mm. yeah. And like these little kids are like kia, kia, <laughs> and they was like they was looking at me like so weird and foreign. I was like, oh my god, what am I doing here? But talk about like getting past my ego right there. It's like you have to, you know, get past that and being in front of people. And like I look like a fool. Like I just felt like so silly. But as I got to know these little kids and uh, to seeing these little foster kids come, you know, little you know badass attitudes and mentalities, but you know, and hanging out with me, like I would talk to him, like, uh, you know, just another martial artist and like, Hey, how's, you know, what's going on? And like, are you working on this? You know, just talk to him mm-hmm. and seeing their change was that and as 25, I was a 25 year old, this little badass kid, like trying to find my way in life. Right. Yeah. But I was, I seen the change that happened into those kids. They was yes, sir. No, sir. They was like, striving to like be better and do better like to get their little stripes like they would come tell me what they did in school and I was like wow there's something to this martial arts and I was like that's really where it hit me first of all like when it first hit me then I so I started respecting it was like kind of taekwondo karate kind of stuff mm-hmm. I started really looking at it from a different perspective and I was like taekwondo is pretty badass you know like the kicks and stuff and the and the mentality and like so i was like oh man so i really took it seriously and went from just holding pads for kids and like whatever 
<laughs> to actually run in the school and like teaching. And, uh, I was like, man, this is, and then at the same time I was teaching at title. So it just constantly combated and like Mark, you know, doing stand up. Like it was great. It was the best job in the world. Mondays, Wednesday, Fridays was like, uh, forms and, uh, uh, weapons day. Like I got to play with ch- nunchucks and, uh, swords and like <laughs> both staffs. It was awesome. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays was sparring. I got to beat little kids up i got to punch kids <laughs> got put gloves on and they they loved me because they knew i was a fighter from you know before so they was just like gravitated towards me and like wanted to know everything i was doing what i was doing and i tell them i go train and work out and i then i started implementing jujitsu in there with the karate kids and the taekwondo and they loved it mm-hmm. and so i was like i love it too i was like really in love with it i got my first jujitsu book when i was in high school for my co- my football coach oh really i used to rent the ufc on vhs's and stuff mm-hmm. and so he gave me my first jujitsu book in high school and i just loved it and uh but after when i really started teaching them jujitsu like what i knew of it just in the nogi uh i was like i gotta find me a gym for me and myself and that's where it's like 2012 and i come across triton and i showed up first day Got my ass handed to me. Even having experience, but not in the gi, though. It was so oh. different and, like, just a different animal. And uh, the caliber of people at Triton was – it was just – I was like, yep. If I'm getting my ass whooped, I was like, this is where I need to be, you know? And I, I signed up, and I've been there ever since. Damn. Yeah. Has it always been over there, mm-hmm. that giant building? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's where I was. They when they was uh, shoot, they was at a spot at 51st when I was competing and fighting. Mm-hmm. They had a spot, a smaller spot at 51st and Mingo ish. Um, but I I joined them when they was at the Broken Arrow spot, and it's been there ever since, man. Damn. Yeah. Wow. So it was. It's been a crazy ride for sure. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> man, and you're a brown belt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was well. Now I see like uh, your uh, little snap or not snap, but like your stories on mm-hmm, Facebook. Mm-hmm. On Sundays you go rolling shit. Yeah, I try. I try to get in there as much as I can, but you know, running a business and you know you got to make time where you got to make time. Sometimes you gotta you're in flow state when you're working. And you're like, I gotta skip out today, you know, because yeah. if you know you're in the mode, you're in the zone. You guys just stay with it and hooked mm-hmm. up, and then then uh, sometimes my body just doesn't let me. I'm just like, oh my god, I'm beat. You know, just mm-hmm. tired, but. I try. I'm, I'm. I tell everybody I'm very consistent at being inconsistent, and like that's one of my guilty like moments. Like I, I need to be more consistent. But at that time, you know, I was going like four times a, a week. You know, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah, you know? that's really good. Yeah. So I'm like, it is what it is. It's a, and it's it's a journey. It's not a race. And it's yeah. just like that's where I had to learn that too. Is like when I was younger, I was just like wanting to get off my white belt or it was blue belt. I was wanting to get off of. Uh, I got my blue belt and I was just like, I was there for like three years. And I was like, Oh my God, I just want to get off this belt. I just want to get to my purple. Once I got the purple belt, I was just like, I was going to sit right here. I don't care if I go up. I don't, I, I just loved, I love being at that, uh, this, you know, purple belt. I, just, yeah. I, I love purple though too. So I was just like, man, it is what it is. No big deal. It's just a journey. <laughs> and after that, my whole mentality, everything, my technique changed. And, uh, I actually adapted that same mentality from jujitsu into entrepreneurship. Cause like I would pay money to go to seminars, you know, I was, I was doing the same thing in jujitsu and I was like, I'm going to do the same thing in entrepreneurship. If I want to get better and learn more techniques, I'm going to go find who's the best at it and who's, I'm going to go watch their seminars or I'm going to go do their seminars. Same thing, Mm -hmm. same concept. Cause we'd have like high level guys, world champions come in and you pay your money and go learn their technique, you know? And that's the thing, like you can know an arm bar 
but like you can learn pick up just nuances just small different adjustments that somebody else that you know they do it and you're like wow change a whole other you know perspective of the technique Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why I really fall into like photography and jujitsu is something that you'll never master. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll never master it. There's always something new coming out that you have to learn or you have to keep up with, or internally you have to remind yourself like same thing with photography. You got to remind yourself certain, you know, exposures, certain alignments, and, you know, these um, leading lines, same thing in jujitsu. You got to remind yourself certain uh, techniques and like with the gi, if you're not doing it correct, it doesn't work. Yeah. You know, the gi, it really makes you hone in your, 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 it tightens your game. And, uh, cause in no gi, you can be a little bit sloppy and get away with certain things. Mm-hmm. Not with the gi. Yeah. You know? And that's, and you have that, uh, those, if you know that you've been there a thousand times in these uncomfortable positions, mm-hmm. you get in that position and you're like gasping for air and you're like, I'll be all right. <laughs> you're like, you feel like you're breathing through a straw, but I'll be okay. Cause you understand, like you can feel the energy with people you can feel them <laughs> breathing hard and heavy, you know, in a minute they're going to try to trans, you know, move somewhere else and uh, translate or transfer something. And when they, they do that transition, you're able to take advantage and counter or just stay, weather the storm, just stay in that pocket and embrace that moment. It, it too shall pass. And mm-hmm. you tell yourself that I tell myself that all the time. Cause I'm putting myself in bad situations. You know, I, I max out maybe 168 pounds and I'm going against a big dudes. And, but I put myself in these awkward positions because you know, you, you bleed in training, you, you bleed less in the, you know, the real comp- competition or in life, you mm-hmm. know, you do as much as you can. And that training you see, try to push yourself as hard as you can. So like I said, it translated perfectly into entrepreneurship because a lot of times it's feast or famine. Like if you don't have the right systems or the right situation or a pandemic hits, you know, like, so you got to stay comfortable in that uncomfortable situation and be like, weather the storm, this too shall pass. Like, you know, your passion, you know, your process, you know, where you're going Just stay there and like figure it out. And like, that's where like her, her and I linking up has been such a, you know, great opportunity for both of us to learn and collaborate with each other she has such a different eye and perspective of photography that i don't mm-hmm. you know that i know i see different things from a different perspective and different colors and i'm learning a lot from her and just like sharing things that i you know i know you know it's going to only make me better because me mm-hmm. sharing it that's the same thing with jujitsu i'm not going to hold my technique from you i'm going to share it with you because i need to learn it better yeah and if i can't teach it i don't know it good enough yeah so true and so that's really helped a lot. Yeah. And just to clarify, Wes can kill me. <laughs> He's a fucking brown belt. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> yeah, people don't realize that, too. Like, you know, because uh, I worked with this one guy at uh, the casino, and uh, he was a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. And, you know, I was like, holy shit, dude. I was like, damn. I was like, that's fucking badass. He was there, and he knows Pete and everything. That's where he got his, too, over there at Triton, because mm-hmm. I was asking about Triton. And then I remember he... He was talking about uh, hip tossing, mm. hip tossing somebody. Yeah. He goes, "Oh, I'll just hip toss you." He's telling somebody that, and I like caught my it caught my ear because I know what that is. Yeah, and that person he was telling they were like, "Well, what's that?" <laughs> so <laughs> let me anyway, show you. Come here. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we started talking, and um, I was like, "Do you like do jujitsu or something, or do you do judo?" You know, oh, I do jujitsu. You know, I'm brown belt, and I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" I was like, "Wow, I would have fucking never knew that." So we'd always like talk jujitsu in mm-hmm. the uh, little uh, bank area, 
And then people would ask like, well, what's jujitsu? So it was hard. It was always hard to explain what mm-hmm. jujitsu is to people that don't know what it is. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we just, you know, either put on this gear and choke each other. Like we wrestle in pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> what I always say is we just try to kill each other. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just training to be a freaking murderer. Yeah. 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 That's and, all but, it is. When you tell that to somebody like her, she's like, uh, I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's something. Just, just kidding, Brittany. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's, it's, all, it's kidding, all fun. It's just like, hugs. I don't want to do it anymore. It's just violent hugs. It's just violent <laughs> yoga. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like even the females uh, are really like yeah. showing out and showing up. Like yep. they're like, shoot, Jordan Patrick. She's a she's amazing competitor. And then shoot, she's amazing just in the jujitsu community. She's putting on seminars, self-defense for women. And uh, she's killing the game. But just see like the classes that she's teaching, they're growing like crazy and uh, more females are getting involved in competitions. They're actually having their own, you know, tournaments and stuff. And we're not, I don't want to say tournaments, but like, uh, super fights and like actually shows like yeah. jujitsu shows. And it's been crazy to see even in UFC watching, look, did you check out Amanda Nunes last weekend? I, oh my God. <laughs> she the brakes. Yeah. Off. <laughs> she is just on another level, literally the best, you know, woman, MMA fighter yeah, to date for sure, yeah. And yeah. she she hits like a Mack truck, mm-hmm. and on top of that, like champ champ, like she's destroying every competitor that she's going against. And like you got to step, like she watch. She's not really into MMA, but I'm I'm educating her. I'm learning her. <laughs> she we watch the fights. It's uh, force. It's we're, forcing me. <laughs> well, it's, it, I'm sh- I'm talking to her from a different perspective. Not only like oh big bad fight fight but i'm like if you think about like what they're doing in a whole perspective like you got to respect that mindset you have to see what they're doing as a whole like to really step back and like putting these people are putting themselves under crazy amount of stress and pressure not only to perform but to stay you know stay at that top level and constantly go out there and do the road work go work out cut weight (laughs) eat right like that's a struggle just as an individual and I'm not even at that level, you know? And that's where I quickly realized after fighting for, you know, full time for a year, I was like, this might not be for me. Mm-hmm. You know? And like, <laughs> and be real with yourself. And like, I, what amount, what amount of damage and punishment are you willing to take versus the reward? Mm-hmm. I love the martial arts side of it. I love Ninja Turtles. I loved all that stuff. Right. Yeah. And, uh, but I didn't like to get in the, the cutting the weight. I was, you know, cutting weight my whole life as a wrestler and coming up doing it. I was like, it's never easy. And, but I didn't do it the right way like those athletes are doing nowadays. Like you see how they're performing. They're eating right nutrition. They're eating, you know, they're w- with the right programs. And like it changed like the whole perspective of UFC or the fight game, you know, how they're doing their cut, cutting weights and they're doing it. Now you'll see people argue back and forth that, you know, it's unhealthy and it's unsafe and they shouldn't cut weight. But to each his own is all subjective. I think they should cut weight. Yeah. I just, I've grown up in that mindset because uh, not only if it all depends on how much weight too, though they're cutting. So there is a dangerous level and there is a, you know, a okay amount. But cause when you're going through that process of cutting weight or getting ready for a fight, it's something that in triggers in your mind. That's like, Oh, this is go time where it kind of purifies the body in a sense. Cause you get all that, crap you quit eating crap and really putting the work in and getting your body to a certain level and you have to have that mindset to like all right i'm not gonna stop like it's gonna suck it's gonna get rough and it's gonna be hard but it's for a purpose and like that does something to your mind and like Mm -hmm. to get yourself to these certain levels 
And they always say like, once you weigh in, that was the first fight, you know, and you made it now. Now it's the easy fun part of punching somebody in the face, you know, but, uh, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that tangent, but it does. It's crazy. Woman MMA. <laughs> Shout out woman. Yeah. MMA. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're like, I enjoy their fights more than the dude, fucking dudes fighting. Sometimes, sometimes yeah, they're yeah. killing the, like, man, you put some of them together and they're making history. Like, uh, that John Wei Lee, that Chinese first mm. first China uh, champion and uh, mm-hmm. Polish fighter. Oh, uh, she's the one that she's she's the one that beat Cyborg, right? No, no, no. That was Amanda Nunes beat Cyborg. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna she up. was. Uh, I can't remember her name. Jacek, Joanna Jacek. Joanna Jacek. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched that fight, go pick that up on YouTube real quick and go watch it after the, this podcast. Uh, <laughs> because Joanna looked like something out of a cartoon after she got done with that fight. Oh. But it was like one of it was like literally probably a fight of the uh, the year like last year or two years ago, whenever it happened, mm-hmm. it was so intense uh, and just like their perseverance and they went all five rounds yeah and she looked she you couldn't recognize her after she was done her head the hematoma on her forehead swelled up it was sh- actually shaking mm-hmm. when they was to, when they hit her like you could see it, it would indent and like it was nuts uh oh, what God. is what is off of, uh what is it uh Oh, Joe Rogan. Jamie, pull that shit up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you, need a, you need a Jamie. <laughs> That's what somebody else said. They're like, you need yourself a Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what is it? Hey, uh, Jamie. Uh, yeah. No. yeah, yeah. Pull that shit up. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that uh, the night it happened. Like, uh, It was posted on a, whatever sport thing was on Facebook. But yeah, her head was just... Dude, it was it was unreal. Like... That's gnarly. Yeah, if uh, ex- like an alien, dude, like those aliens that the people draw. Like, yeah. Her fucking- <laughs> yeah. I wish she yeah. wouldn't have shown me that. <laughs> yeah, it was gnarly. Man, like, oh, God. So that's the comparison. For everybody who's uh, tuning in, listening, we were actually, went- I went and Googled it because I needed to show that yeah. to, to Brittany. Brittany needs to see that. Yeah. Don't go, don't Google that. <laughs> don't google that <laughs> scarred for life <laughs> not safe for work yeah yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> that won't happen though no yeah <laughs> only <laughs> happen to her <laughs> just, whatever yeah you're, you're, you're gonna do good yeah right? yeah like, that's this might happen but it probably won't <laughs> honestly though like i've heard something like it's always stuck with me and it's so true but with jujitsu is like jujitsu is the only sport and i'm sure people's going to correct me or whatever do it in the comments fight me whatever <laughs> but no like jiu-jitsu you can is the only sport you can go 100 miles an hour you know with somebody that you trust and some if you know what you're doing and you won't get hurt <laughs> if you trust yourself and like in like that's where you gotta let go of your ego and tap yeah and say i'm done or like tap out like yeah. understand and but don't like give yourself a moment to like feel the pain and like and can you adjust and like get out of this but if you tap out, you're never going to get hurt, you know, like, and you, if you trust somebody you, tr- you roll with, like, it's yeah. their responsibility to take care of you too. It's yeah. part because they're not just going to take your arm to Texas and rip it off. Mm-hmm. Because if, if that's the thing, like if we was to roll, like I wouldn't just like beat the living shit out of you. You're not going to get anything out of that. And nor will I, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so I want to always like, I roll at the pace of whoever I'm rolling with, uh-huh. you know? And I, there is times that I want to turn it up. It's just because like, maybe I want some cardio that day or maybe just, having a bad day you know and you just want to turn it up and feel that burn you know yeah. 
And, but there is something about that when you get to that, that level of exhaustion, you're like, holy crap, like, what am I doing? But then you're like, you feel those endorphins firing. You're like, hell yeah. You, like, if you're not setting up the edge of your seat and pushing your, your body or mind to the edge of the limits, what are we doing here? Yeah. You know, like, if you're not like, making something happen with inside yourself or in life, man, like, you gotta you turn it up somewhere. Yeah. And so you feel, yeah, I mean, you feel alive when you're at that point of exhaustion. You're like still fighting for it. And I think the Gracie said it too is like, once you, when you get to that level, I don't know, it, it might be a Gracie, but it, they said if you get to a level of exhaustion, that's when your true jiu-jitsu comes out because you can't rely on strength, size, you speed. You have to rely on technique, and that's when they say that it really comes out. I was like, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I try to push myself. I try to get myself, like, I don't want to say I try to get myself to that level because my cardio sucks, and I get to that level pretty quick. But uh, when you get there, you're like, oh, here we go. You know, you just keep pushing. You just keep going. You maybe get yourself a drink of water, but, you know, you try to even uh, minimize that and, like, just keep you rolling going. And because you, you're, if you're trying to hydrate while you're there, you, you're fucked up a long time ago. Yeah. You should have hydrated a long time ago. Yep. Hydration don't work like that, yeah. you know. You should be hydrating throughout the day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, you lose a lot of fluid, man. Yeah. In that fucking ghee. Yeah, it's, the ghee averages, right, three pounds, roughly, two, three yeah. pounds. And yeah. so you're carrying that extra weight, but then it gets sweaty and gets wet, and mm-hmm. it's heavier. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot heavier, and, like, you have that, uh, another person on top of you smashing you. <laughs> Good stuff. Sometimes. <laughs> But no, I'm educating her. I'm I'm teaching her. Uh, when we get there, and I make her go watch the fights with me where we're out and about. Uh, I try to e- e- explain it the best that I can. Mm-hmm. I tried to build the story up more for her than say like be technical, like because people that don't understand it don't give a shit about the technicalities. Yeah. But if yeah. you build the story up, which the which Dana White does perfectly with these fights, like somebody that she can get more interested and be like, Oh, okay. Like he's 20 and Oh, like Adesanya was 20. Oh, he just got his lot, his first loss in MMA. Mm-hmm. That dude, I think he was 28 and Oh, 28, no, right? No, uh, you're 30. thinking of, uh, Oh boy. Uh, the Eagle. Mm. Uh, yeah he's he i think he's at 29 and oh uh he still has his perfect record but yeah. he was uh adesanya was 20 and now he's 20 and one mm. yep. but he has fought like in kickboxing he has like over 100 fights mm-hmm. and and being as young as he is like i was like telling explaining to like she he has an opportunity to potentially make history tonight and different other uh stats that i can't remember but there's so many different stats that he had a lot of potential to make history that night and so if you explain that to somebody that doesn't know mma or combat sports like share the story Uh, (laughs) something that someone can rally behind yes like everyone loves a good story yes or just talk shit to them and so they have to they root against you so it makes it fun all the way around (laughs) right yeah put some money on it (laughs) what you want to put on it yeah put it on i'm going for the guy the green guy (laughs) adesanya i can't believe he lost man i know that's crazy but dude he was going against was a big dude i can't i'm not gonna butcher his name blakovich or something like that but Uh the he's another polish guy yeah polish power yeah but <laughs> he fought it. He fought a good fight. Uh, he was very technical. Veteran. He showed his veteran side that that night. Mm-hmm. I we didn't get to watch the whole thing because someone got sleepy. 
Yeah, I got Not sleepy. Me, I got I got sleepy, and then uh, the service went out. I guess they lost connection at the bar. Oh yeah, it was buffering, and we were just mm-hmm. like, whatever, let's oh, just sleep. Lame. So it was yeah. like a good time just to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. So we like, I was exhausted though by that time. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> my my natural bedtime is like nine and ten o'clock. I just get sleepy, narcoleptic, <laughs> just, ready, just ready to ready to hit the hit the bed. <laughs> Real quick, uh, so what's the future for? One trip media. What do you guys want to do? Oh what my god! Want? There's so well, much. Yeah. Feels like there's so much on the horizon. So much on our plates, and whew. yeah, I think the big next opportunity is uh, the end of this month. Yeah, March 27th, 28th, we're doing a storytelling for change summit with photographers without borders, and it's pre- in pa- partnership with Sony. So that's a big deal for oh, cool. us. Yeah, it's um, super, we're super excited because I mean. If you can't tell, I'm a natural storyteller by any, you know, by just in general. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's such a great opportunity. We're super stoked to be able to, to do this and like, and be and be put on a platform like this yeah. and like be able to speak to individuals or just share our story, stories and our journeys. And the bigger idea is like, we want to take this and start making workshops and take this and and put it to use out in the community or mm-hmm. in our communities. Like, yeah. whatever these communities are, photographers, creatives, or entrepreneurs or on social media like there's so, that's the thing like when you think of community it's not just society it's mm-hmm. just different communities that you build <clears throat> and you cultivate and so we want to take this opportunity to mold these into workshops for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs like uh these make it or break it moments that we've all we've been talking about mm-hmm. like they're out here and like you just got to go seek them out and go find these resources and and just try to make something you know even with as us being photographers, we're going to help teach entrepreneurs how to make content for themselves and like how to tell a story like with some substance yeah. and something that connects to their mm-hmm. either their client, their customer, or their patient, whatever it is. You know, you're able to pick up a cell phone and actually convey your message and you know something and put it on a social media and have the confidence of you know believing in that message and having a story. Like that's the big thing that we want mm-hmm. to provide out of these workshops and. And just help in, you know individuals like help themselves. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And that's the whole reason why we kind of got this opportunity was the connections that we built with a photographer. It was with Four Hundred Years Project, mm-hmm. which is a nonprofit um, that kind of just highlights Native American photographers and filmmakers mm-hmm. and just people who are making an impact in their community. So. Uh, we got connected with them over the past couple of months and they presented this opportunity like, Hey, we think you'd be a perfect fit to tell your story, how you're impacting your community. Um, you should just go ahead and apply for this. So we applied. Um, yeah. We really didn't think much, anything of it. We're like, well, if we get it, we get it. That's will be awesome. And then it was a couple of weeks after we submitted our application they told us that we got accepted, and so yeah, it's gonna Holy, be a, it's it a, it's like, a big deal moment. with the name Sony attached to it mm-hmm. and photographers without borders. Like this is global, like this is huge. So we're gonna be talking about the topic of um, reflecting on our own personal stories to become stronger storytellers. Um, so we'll talk about our personal stories, kind of what we just talked about through here and Native Meetup, and yeah, and yeah then- it's gonna be a, a great thing that we can almost. Um, repackage in a way to help our local community our local creatives yeah Mm -hmm. even in like like all aspects of you know telling you know how to facilitate these stories and talk you know tell these inner stories to ourselves to 
you know, build ourselves up and not tear each other, not tear ourselves down so much either. You know, like I've told you, this whole podcast is like, there's a lot of been a lot of failures in my life, but able to take that story and take the power back and tell you a funny story and like tell you something of inspire inspiration and perseverance. Like Mm -hmm. that's what the, you know, the, you know, underlining tone is for me, uh, you know, and uh, we have a lot of stories that we've told ourselves and like we've had to live through and, you know, to get to this point of our lives of master's degree, you know, and entrepreneurship, whatever this is, a brown belt, you know, whatever these moments are, you know, you have to rally up and tell yourself these, you know, even if you have to make it up, believe yeah. it till you achieve it and fake it till you make it, whatever you need to get you by, whatever, you know, metaphor you got to use. But it's just one of those things like you're able to step back, give yourself 30,000 foot perspective and give yourself some grace and like, listen to how you tell these certain stories or mm-hmm. how you're, you know, talking to yourself. Um, that's going to be a huge, you know, factor, whatever, you know, this workshop, is, you know, does to help creatives or be creative. Uh, eventually we want to be able to provide something, uh, resources to help mental health as well mm-hmm. as like, you know, to be your own, like to have, you know, how to find these resources to step out and ask for help or to help yourself, you know, in, in these methods of martial arts, yoga, self-exploration, shit hiking for matter you know for that thing just something as simple as hiking getting out and like getting vitamin d and you're in your, in feeling the the warmth and changing the uh scenery mm-hmm. getting out and getting for a walk you know change it up mm-hmm. you know something sim- small as that mm-hmm. we want to provide that and that's with the whole native meetup and you know the same thing with this one trip media we want to turn around and provide these resources back Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, we got a lot. Yeah. You know, so yeah. if you're on, interested on in buying a ticket, you can yeah. click the link on our Instagram bios. Registration is open. And it's on March 27th to 28th. So we're yeah. super excited and yeah, we're super um, dope. it's gonna be super dope. Yeah. It's gonna be cool. Wow. And I definitely appreciate you for having us on. Um, I you know I love what you're doing here, and yeah. I love the fact that you know you're stepping out and you're making something happen. You, you mm-hmm. enjoy this. You know, it's great to have a great conversation with you as well, and uh, it's been fun. I, you know, wish nothing but great things for you. Yeah. We see great things happening mm-hmm. and small from the small start of, you know, to wherever it grows to, man. It's going to be dope. Thank you, Wes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Brittany. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all for coming on, man. Uh, this was fucking fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah. It was really cool to get to know y'all and mm-hmm. um, you're welcome back anytime. Oh, yeah. Anytime, you know, hit me up, you know, if you have more shit going on or for sure. native meetup, you know. Mm-hmm get something going and get the word out there and everything. We definitely, uh, we talked about it with George Alexander, uh, we, with George, uh, mm-hmm. but we, we was talking about, we should definitely do one, you know, all of us in there. Cause he is a character himself, yeah. you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. us three getting in there getting, making something happen. It's bound to be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, fuck, it's cool, man. That you do, where you done MMA and all that. Mm. I was thinking about maybe like doing something with MMA, you know, yeah. Bring on some fucking people on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll be... just all talk about MMA and mm-hmm. you know and be so serious or whatever. You know, just chill. That'd be that'd be awesome. That'd be fun as hell. Yeah. And um, is there a? Uh, did you have you made a Facebook group page for the Native Meetup? Not for Native Meetup. Um, I've just been promoting it through my personal Instagram. But mm-hmm. um, we'll start getting some things solidified and. Mm-hmm get it out there and some better promotions so yeah. yeah she just started back to school and uh so i mean her her schedule is pretty crazy, pretty crazy. yeah i just started right school up. today i have oh. eight weeks and i'm done so yeah yeah got a lot on my plate but making you'll, moves you'll do it yeah. yeah 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 it's gonna be worth it yeah you know fuck hope nothing but great things and thank you i appreciate fuck. that congratulations 
Thanks. I know you're gonna finish out and yeah. fucking make everybody proud and <laughs> <laughs> making moves yep. for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, I want to. I'd like to go to that native yeah, meetup. You know? um, yeah, I think it'd be fucking cool as hell. Mm-hmm. You know. So this time, next time we're at, we'll have George out there too. You know, like I, it was hard to. It was just like kind of a spurred moment when we yeah. all did it, and he's like, "Fuck it, let's go." Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, I just and showed I, up. I think things are starting to open back up a little bit more, and mm-hmm. but going back to normal, and I'm thankful for that. So, I think once it, everything seems a little bit back to normal, we'll get it rolling again, and it's a better promotion this time. Yeah, <laughs> sweet. Yeah, for sure. Then I can't yeah. wait to go. Yeah. Um. Well, uh, do you both want to? Shout out your social media, how to get in contact, yeah, for sure. follow um, you. One Trip Media on, uh, just One Trip Media. You have it on Facebook or Instagram or Shooting for Balance is my personal one. And then mine is Britty. It's B-R-I-T-T-I three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Shooting for Balance is number four, number four. like for life. Oh, yes. so. For life. For life. And Wes is OnlyFans. <laughs> Coming soon. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, well, thank y'all for coming on, and uh, shit, I hope we get to do this again and Same. fucking just chill out, man. Yeah. Tell these stories. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right, well, um, I hope y'all enjoyed that episode. Uh, if you haven't yet, follow the Instagram page for Okie Podcast, the Facebook page. Uh, please go listen, rate, subscribe, review Okie Podcast on all platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Amazon Music, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and I just found out that it's on Audible. So if you're in Audible, check it out. So uh, I guess until next time, everybody, peace.